Hi, just me this week doing the intro. Episode 21, in which I have the honour and privilege to chat with Mike Palmer, one of the three dads walking, who came together through the shared experience of each losing a daughter to suicide. It's a conversation about loss and pain, but also about education and hope. Hello and welcome to Lessons from Loss, the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we learn from them that now positively guides our lives today. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I chat with a different guest. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of all my guests in sharing their experiences and the impact of hearing them has on you, the listener. So do please take care as you listen and reach out for support if you need to. Today, I'm chatting with Mike Palmer, one of the three dads walking, who joined together on a 300-mile walk last October between their homes to raise awareness and funds for Papyrus, a charity that supports young people, mental health, and prevention of suicide. The three dads were united in the loss of a daughter to suicide. Welcome along, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you've all been really busy with interviews and talks since the walk finished. And first of all, of course, I wish we weren't having this conversation. As a parent myself, I can't begin to imagine um, what you've been through and, and losing a child in this way. But I'm also so grateful for the work that you and Andy and Tim, the other two dads, have done in raising awareness and support whilst dealing with your own grief and and loss of your daughters. So your walk came onto my radar quite near the end, and it was as a local friend posted on social media that you'd passed them whilst they were swimming in the river. And as luck would have it, everything fell into place and it was possible for me to come and find you the next day, which was day 13 of 15, as you were coming out of Boston and walking along the banks of the River Welland, a walk I've done myself. So I know how, <laughs> how long and um, just kind of, I won't say tedious, but it's kind of, it doesn't, ch- the scenery doesn't change <laughs> much. Um, you'd covered sort of on average about 20 miles a day hadn't you since the walk had begun so how were you feeling at, at that point being sort of so close to the end but knowing that there were still two long days of walking left yeah th- th- there were different feelings you know uh, we averaged probably about 22 23 miles um, a day that um, you know there are there are bigger challenges than that but um Obviously, as you say, walking for 13 days up, up to then, you know, we, we were getting a little weary. But the thing is, with, with this walk, we were joined by people all the time, such as yourself, with their own stories, uh, you know, often, of course, to do with suicide and losing, um, losing loved ones and losing, losing kids, you know, and it spurred us on. It gave us a reason to walk. So, you know, we were, and we knew we were approaching the end at that stage. We knew we only had a couple of days left and it had been a very surreal experience through all of it. We never expected to have the response that we did. And, um, you know, it it was powerful. Spending time with Andy and Tim as well, you know, two great guys that I never 
really knew before we set out on the walk and we oh, just okay. absolutely gelled absolutely gelled so who had the idea of the walk where did that come from was it a joint thing or was there one of you that was the the instigator of it I had the initial idea I take the blame for it um I've been talking to Tim Tim lost um Emily his daughter um literally five days before we lost Beth mm. and we've been talking from the first month of loss we, we were uh tim's daughter contacted my family she'd seen an article on social media so i ended up talking to tim remember tim lives in norfolk i live in in manchester so we were talking and supporting each other from the early days because we were very much on the on the same page yeah we um we sort of loosely started to discuss what we could do Tim's a very positive-minded guy as well. You know, he wanted to do something. Obviously, we were, we were shaken to the core, losing Emily and uh, Beth, absolutely shaken to the core. That there's, you know, you may ask me later what, what the real grief's like, and I'll, and I'll tell you in more detail. But um, we discussed maybe walking from one house to the other, so from basically Manchester to Norfolk, to illustrate that it was a countrywide... Um, issue um, and we sort of left it like that yeah that sounds like a good idea and I started doing um, some courses on suicide prevention and awareness um, with papyrus prevention and um, young suicide uh, the charity that we raised the money for and uh, while I was doing the courses I heard of another guy called Andy Airy who was from Cumbria He'd lost his daughter, Sophie, a couple of years before. And um, he was a very outdoor person. He was very active in doing, um, uh, well, he was doing podcasts basically called Run for Sophie. So, you know, tracking his journey through grief and doing fundraising in Sophie's name for Papyrus. And I bumped into his son, Gregor, on one of the courses. And I asked Gregor, you know, would your dad be interested in this? I thought, you know, Cumbria or Penrith, basically Cumbria to Manchester to Norfolk. That sounds like quite a walk. So I contacted Andy and went for a walk with him. Now, I'm no real outdoor type myself. I'm rubbish at map reading and things, but I'd drawn um, a few lines on a 2010 AA Atlas you know, showing the basic route that we could go from Manchester, sorry, from Penrith to Manchester and out to Norfolk. And Andy saw it and he left his head off and he just said, yes. So went back to Tim and basically those two have never taken one step backwards. They've been committed to it 110% all the way through. So from not knowing each other, we're still very, very close now. Yeah, it's such a, a shared experience like that really brings you together. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We, you know, we're, we're wrapped in a grief that will never really go. We, we've lost our little girls. You know, I'll, you know, I'll always have that Beth-sized hole in me. Mm. But sometimes it's, 
it spurs you on to do something from your grief. And I can't pretend it was all very easy, but since we understood each other and there were highs and there were lows through the walk, but we also laughed as well. Yeah. Generally, we laughed at each other. You know, that, that's what we did. We got each other through it. And they're both absolutely brilliant guys and, yeah, good friends now. And I guess doing something like that, and actually if one of you, because you'd each have different highs and lows as the walk progressed, I guess. So actually if one of you was having a low day, the other two then were were there to, um, I suppose, support you in in having that low day and, and just understanding. Yeah, I, I can't pretend that there were a few tears on the way. You know, we got some messages in and, you know, that they really hit home. But the funny thing was that when we were actually walking, though, we, as I said before, we rarely walked alone. There was always someone with us with their own stories. And the, those people, and very brave people, some people hadn't talking about talked about their grief. You know, they, they hadn't. In some ways, I think we gave them permission to speak because we were being so open with our grief. Suicide is um, a very, it's surrounded by stigma. People don't talk about it. And I I understand to a certain extent, it's it's a very hard word. word. It's, It's foul in many ways. You know, when people don't want to admit it, it, it means so many things. But since we were openly talking about our losses, I think it encouraged people to come out and, and share their experiences. And it's all part of the healing, if you want to call it that, you know, post-suicide, so postvention, if yeah. you like, in, in, in dealing with that grief. And I think it's so powerful to hear other people's stories. It perhaps gives a, a sense of hope that... Um, that you can still carve out a life, um, that there are ways of, of getting through it. Hope is uh, a very important word through all of this. The, the walk was really based on hope. You could call it a hope walk if you want. I mean, papyrus run a hope walk every every year so different organizations you know individuals walk and it it is a hope walk and yeah it it gives people hope if they're feeling bad if they're feeling suicidal if their mental health isn't good hopefully listening to stories it can give them hope it can it can signpost where they can go to get help you know and hopefully they can see a future but also as you say post death suicide you know it it does mean that people can see that yes I can have a meaningful life Mm. and there is hope that I can have a even with my loss that will never go away I can have a good life and want to get up every morning and accomplish things and know that they're loved and, and loved back. Yeah, so important. Would you perhaps like to share a little about Beth? Beth was a, a wonderful, wonderful child. Absolutely so funny, so loving. 
um, loyal, if you like. She was she was so talented. She had a, a razor sharp wit. She could mimic anything. She could sing. She could dance. She loved her family. She had so many friends. She was out all the time, brownies, guides, dancing, singing, parties. You know, it, it was absolutely nonstop. Uh, when she was 16, she left school and she decided she wanted to uh, pursue um, a career as a, a vocal artist. So she started going to college, access in, in Manchester to train to be a vocal artist. And her voice was extraordinary. You, you can hear one of her songs on uh, our website, Three Dads Walking. Yes, I've listened to it. It's beautiful. Yeah, if you Google that. Um, and she was, she was absolutely storming it. She was um, arranging the end of year shows. She was looking after those who maybe weren't as talented um she really was incredible she certainly didn't get her singing voice from me but i do not know what happened with bethy she she had the world at her feet you know i i couldn't have loved that little girl anymore i i absolutely you know i i, I couldn't she's the youngest of my daughters and god yeah and she had everything there, but somehow she fell into, it seems, poor mental health right under our noses. You know, a loving together family. You know, there's all different circumstances with suicide. You know, Beth, uh, Tim's daughter, Emily, and Andy's daughter, Sophie, all their stories are very, very different. But from Beth's point of view, she she had everything she wanted. She was supported. She was being taken to her gigs. She had a great social life. But we didn't see this. We, we, her behaviour had maybe become a little erratic. And some of her language was, uh, I'm not talking bad language, I'm talking about some of the things she said, maybe hinted at she was falling into despair. And I think she hid it very well because we certainly had no idea that she would she would take her own life mm. and it's very possible it was it seems an impulsive act um she was doing so well but the week before we lost beth she was incredibly upset about not finishing college it was the first week of lockdown 2020 yes. And I, th I think she'd been struggling a bit anyway, maybe. And uh, hindsight gives us this, you know, ability to look back. And I think lockdown and she's lost her freedom. She lost the ability to see her friends at college. She lost her ability to go out and, and sing. You know, um, her festivals were cancelled. Everything was being cancelled, and sadly, I, I think her, her her worry bucket, if you like, her anxiety bucket, overflowed. I can't even begin to express how that that must have been for you, and the the impact, of course, on on her siblings as as well as a whole family. The the ripples spread 
far and wide. Yeah, they they absolutely do. The 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 devastation of um, losing Beth. She was such a, a character. You know, we're, we're talking, obviously, myself, her mum, her sisters, her cousins, her auntie and uncle, her nana and granddad. But but then it you know it it takes everyone and it takes your family, loved ones, friends. You know, I say work colleagues. She had part time job. All her fellow students, they all feel it. It, it all goes through them in different degrees. Mm-hmm. Bethy was a, a massive character, huge character, and the last person you would expect to take their own life. And yeah, it's my family will never be the same again. I'm immensely proud of them, all of them, for carrying on. Um, and it's not easy for them. It, it really isn't, you know, but they, they've taken the decision that we love each other, we need each other, and we have to stay somehow in the game. And, and Rachel, it's not easy. You know, I mean, I talk from my personal experience. I've been in some extremely dark places and probably being suicidal myself. Uh, I talk quite openly about it, but it was because of the loss of Beth. But that little voice in your head tells you that if if I was lost to suicide as well, what would, what would happen to my rest of my family? They would be hit twice by the, by another tsunami of, of, you know, deep complex grief that is a, an absolutely foul place to be, you know? So I have to somehow put myself together, maybe not totally whole, but to carry on with, you know, and try and accomplish some positives. And what what things have helped you do that, or what have you what have you found that's enabled you to to do that? A lot of it is is helping other people. It, it sounds very very noble, doesn't it? But helping other people. The walk was a massive positive. But talking to Andy and Tim with the build up. Um, doing courses and things for papyrus, as in suicide awareness and prevention. I'm assist trained as well. So um, and all these courses were very hard for me because of Bethy. But I have ended up putting them to use because there are so many kids out there struggling and their parents, their carers don't know which way to turn. And sometimes just a simple conversation and signposting, it, it you know, it, it may work, you know, and being able to do that, and I've been approached many, many, many times, my advice, those are huge positives. But positives in life are seeing my other daughters and family achieving things still. You know, it's that th- they, they deserve a life. You know, life without Beth really is almost inconceivable. Sometimes I don't even, I can't believe it now. But, you know, they achieve things. 
But what we did on the walk, we never saw it go that far. You know, we've raised over £860,000, but also wow. we've, yeah, we've, um, the fact that people were saying and we were getting feedback through, you know, messages on the website, we were getting feedback through Papyrus, that people were entering into open, honest and supportive conversations with their young people. And that was, you know, that was amazing. They are positives. Yeah, as, and I guess it's, it's having maybe something that you, in order to have those difficult conversations, if you've got somebody else's experiences to relate to, then perhaps it's easier to say, oh, you know, we, we've heard about these three dads walking. Do you think you might be feeling like one of their daughters was feeling perhaps and it, it's it's maybe just a, a easier way in yes definitely you know it's um it's a very hard conversation to have mm. you know if you're asking direct questions you know are you thinking of suicide are you thinking of taking your own life to, to your your child it's it's very difficult but not just kids obviously that this goes for adults you know friends and family etc but uh, you know since we're raising money for papyrus we that seems to be our center is um our target sorry that, that is younger people um because what they learn when they're younger they'll carry on to their yeah. older as well so that they'll carry the experience there but yeah but they're very hard conversations to have but hindsight again with Beth if I'd had those conversations and I had several conversations with her the week before and I know I didn't ask the right questions and do I believe it could make a difference yes I absolutely do you know and sometimes they're very hard but if you ask someone if they're thinking of suicide you know, it, it's a yes or no answer mm. and often that can open you know, it, it, it can give you an opening to get in and maybe prevent it, keep them safe and give them another chance. And with that other chance comes hope. Yeah, which is why the raising awareness, not just for the young people, but for parents, families, caregivers, anyone who has young people in their life, raising that awareness and perhaps giving them training on the the things to look out for and how to have those difficult conversations because until you're put in that situation there isn't a reason to have known that that was the right or wrong question to ask yeah. or what could you have said but maybe in all the the massive work that that you and uh, Andy and Tim have done if that kind of helps give parents and another caregivers a at least that awareness that actually there might be something more than this and you know there are places where you can get resources from to find out how to have those difficult conversations what are the right questions to ask it is definitely it, it, it's all about knowledge I mean the, the figures are shocking over 200 school kids a year take their own lives the biggest killer of under 35s is suicide they are they are awful figures if if you put that into one incident 
something would be done about it. Yes. And and youngsters themselves don't realise the greatest risk themselves is themselves. So we're pushing, the three dads are pushing, and we realise we aren't alone in this, but we want far more to be put on the school's curriculum. Uh, PSHE, um, even fairly early years, it has to be age-appropriate, but to train not only the young people and school kids, students, about suicide, about mental health and how it leads to suicide, but what to do if they feel suicidal or one of their friends is suicidal, one of their family threatens suicide, because it's... Um, and also, obviously, adults as well. I, I do suggest parents as well. You know, it, it's one of those things that will never happen to you. Yeah, It'll never happen until to it you. does. That, that, that was me. It was. It would never ever happen to me. But it did. And the figures we haven't got are attempted suicides, and that yeah. will be absolutely through the roof. There's so many pressures, so many pressures. But we believe. In education, we um, the three dads went with Papyrus to London recently, and we met Gillian Keegan, the Minister of State for Care and Mental Health, and had a, a, a great meeting with her. And we're hoping to carry this on as well. So you know, pushing for more in the curriculum. And um, schools are often and colleges are often very scared of the subject. They think suicide, mentioning it in schools, means it will happen. We don't believe it research shows it doesn't happen that way you know the open honest conversation i think will prevent it a lot mm. of people you know that they, they uh they keep it in that they, they struggle alone kids nowadays uh i keep going back to younger people but that's what we tend to be centered on um they're, they're under so many pressures different pressures to probably when you and me were younger but they're different pressures yeah. You know, it's certainly the mobile phone, the internet, it never leaves their hand 24-7. The pressures at school with education as well, the pressures of uh, basically conforming to what is perceived to be what you should look like. Um, also, there's indirect bullying as well. So someone's not replied to my text mm. or someone's not like this. And whatever, and I think it all it, it all builds. Yeah, technology is a wonderful thing, but it's also a hugely damaging thing. It's yeah, when when used for the positive, it's it's fantastic, mm -hmm. but has yeah has a, a a certainly a very negative side of it as well. So, what do you think have been the main lessons that you've learned from all of this? Don't take life for granted is one. You know, we, myself and my wife, we, 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 we thought we were good parents. You know, we, we thought we, yeah, we, we, we thought we, we were looking after Beth. We thought, she, you know, we were protecting her, advising her, you know, and um, sending her forward into this world to have a, good life but somehow we took the eye off the ball 
And going back to what I'm saying about education and knowledge, you know, if these figures are correct, that they are, you know, about school children, 200 school children a year, I think parents should take it upon themselves as well to educate themselves a little more about mental health and about suicide and what to look out for. You know, so lessons is, yeah, and, you know, that's one. Um, yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard, isn't it? Um, I'd, I'd say that's, that's the main lesson. That's the main lesson at the moment. I think in everybody's journey through grief is very different as well. I mean, you must sort of have perhaps been aware of that with Andy and Tim as well, that you, you've maybe approached things in, in different ways or done things at yeah. different speeds. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, I mean... Myself and Tim, you know, we lost Emily and Beth uh, only about five days apart. Um, Andy lost Sophie a couple of years earlier. Um, and certainly Andy's a little further down the journey, if you like. And this doesn't mean that it doesn't come back and, no. and visit him. You know, it, 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 it does. It's sometimes the grief's around your ankles. Sometimes it's over your head. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a very complicated journey. That's probably why it's called complicated grief. You know, you feel anger, you feel despair. You know, it's absolutely, oh, God, is it a journey? It's so hard. You know, the, the whole world changes into a grey, surreal place that you recognise things, but they're not the same as they were. And it's, yeah, it, it, it's very hard. But yeah, but we, we recognised it in ourselves. You know, we, we, you know we, we really do. And it helps so much to be with someone who does understand. It's one of the things with, with this kind of grief is, even though you're surrounded by people who love you, care for you, you are very much alone. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely alone. You know, myself and my wife, we were grieving on totally different levels. You know, our daughters were coping on different levels. And it's, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like a bomb burst. You go in different directions and you find it very hard to support each other. But, you know, talking to Andy and Tim as dads, that was very, very important, you know, and very helpful as well. Yeah, I can sort of relate to that. You may have so many people around you, but your experience of, of grief is always going to be such a, a lonely one because nobody had that relationship with the person that you've lost than, than you had. No, that, that, yeah. that's right. That's right. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's very hard, but both Tim and Andy are very good talkers as well. So, you know, they're never lost for something to say. Yeah. Probably a bit like me, but uh, yes, but they're never lost for something to say. And they're, they're very open about it as well. They're very open. You know, we understand that a lot of people can't talk about their, their grief. And we believe people need to. It's not as easy as that, but 
they do need to for themselves to try and work through it to a certain extent. Yes. So what's the what's next for you? What's what's the future looking like? Are you going to be continuing all the raising awareness? Because it must be, I don't know, is I suppose on the one hand it's very helpful and perhaps gives that sort of sense of of purpose of helping other people. But on the other hand, I imagine too, there's an element of it keeps you in it as well. Yeah. Perhaps. And I just sort of wonder how, what's, what does the future hold for you in terms of keeping up with the, the awareness? Well, the three dads walking is still very much together. It, if I don't wake up and I've not got an email or a message off one of them, something's something's wrong, something's wrong. But um, our focus at the moment, or one of our focuses, is um, getting more on the school's curriculum, mm-hmm. um, you know, awareness and education. It is mentioned, but we we believe it should be far more robust. You know, if uh, if that's the biggest danger to school kids is suicide. Something needs to be yeah, done about absolutely. it. So, so we we've been promised further meetings um, with the government. Obviously, the government's a little um, busy at the moment, but um, but yeah, I mean, the, the war in Ukraine is another thing for our young people to worry about, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's something else something else in their bucket they you know the, the um, coronavirus hasn't gone away but that's second-hand news and now we're into uh, the Ukraine and it's very very difficult for them but uh, but we're constantly doing podcasts like this and um, interviews um, we're also talking to universities and educational facilities um about raising awareness and specifically looking at how it can be brought into schools and and uh and things like that but also personally i'm looking at um doing a few uh things on postvention because I, I feel very strongly that we when we walked we talked to a lot of people who were post-suicide and it's about you know, maybe how to talk to them as well and having a, a greater understanding. So we're going to carry on. Will we walk again? Watch this space. <laughs> Watch this space. Because obviously we're three dads, three, you know, we're getting on in years. So it's walking's about all we can do. But yes, we we might walk again. I can't wait to hear more news about that then in the in the future and hopefully you know i would if depending upon where you are and when you are then you know it would be <laughs> a, a a joy to come and walk a few miles alongside you all again <laughs> yes well, well we haven't got any uh, concrete plans but but you might have to travel a bit to do this oh one, okay but, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we'll, uh, yes yeah but it, it, it's all in the planning stage and there's a lot going on in the world at the moment so yeah. uh, yes oh well, thank you so much for coming on today and and sharing your experiences so where would be 
if somebody was struggling, either a young person or somebody concerned about the young person, where would be the best place for them to to sort of seek advice or help or support? If they look up papyrus, prevention young suicide, uh, that, that, that's all they have to Google. The website will come up. Papyrus have something called Hopeline UK that is, uh, it's not manned 24 hours yet, but it will be hopefully a little later in the year, maybe June, July. Oh, amazing. And, and, and what it gives you, I'll give you the number now. It's uh, 0800 068 4141. And that will give you a totally confidential um, line. It will, it's um, manned by professionals and are absolutely brilliant, the Hopeline staff. But they are there for young people who are struggling, but also concerned others. Parents, professionals, friends. If you're worried about someone, you can phone them and get first class advice. Thank you so much for sharing that number. I'll make sure it goes out in the episode notes as well so that people have got that to, to refer to. Brilliant. Uh, uh, could I signpost as well people to our website, Three Dads Walking? Absolutely. That, that's, that's, yeah, it's all you have to Google, but it's, it's, got, um, it's got the blog, but it's got also obviously all our stories, myself, Andy and Tim's and... Uh, Beth, Emily, and Sophie's stories as well, and it tells you what what we're what we're about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. It's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you. You know, um, as I said earlier, it's you know I wish we we weren't having this conversation, but we are. And and if having this conversation on this podcast actually helps somebody else in a sim- similar situation, either in dealing with it sort of post-suicide or even better helping prevent the suicide, then it's absolutely been a worthwhile conversation to have. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Such a privilege to chat with Mike again. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. If this episode has brought up stuff for you, please do reach out for support to either your networks or to Papyrus, there's the Hope Line 0800 068 4141, or check out the Three Dads Walking website. I've also put a link to Beth's single in the show notes called Pixel Screens. Do take a listen, such a beautiful voice. Thank you to my networks, to Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music, and lastly, thanks to you for listening. Mm-hmm.